right, Union of the Unwanted, January 30th, 2023. Usually I say Ricky, take it away, but he's not, he's not here, I don't think. Uh, Charlie, can you take it away? Sure. Where okay. would you like me to take it? Anywhere you want to go. All right. Well, the teams are set for the Superb Owl in two weeks. I'm excited about that. I'm sure the rest of you are. Place your bets with Steve in Vegas. Um well, we're coming up on the anniversary of this whole Ukraine situation, and um, feels like the money laundering operation is in full effect. And I'm curious to know what, uh, I don't know, Steve, you guys are always talking about this on the best morning show in the world, AM Wake Up. Where are we headed? Are we going to wrap this thing up? Are they going to end this war and... Um, right off into the sunset or are we going to start world war three first it, I mean, there are there are elements within the u.s government that would like nothing more than to put us into a hot war they've been pushing for for the last several months uh that accomplishes several goals in terms of western european collapse and ushering in the fourth industrial revolution it checks off a lot of boxes at home in terms of restricting the allowable parameters of conversation even more um you get to tick off some fourth ir boxes uh uh you know because the first casualty in every war is true and so once we're openly de declaring that we're in a hot war the truth is going to go away even more so than it already has for over the last year um it <sighs> It's going to come down to how fast, how fast they can get actual tanks into Europe versus how fast Europe's economy free falls to the point to where its own citizens go, hey, wait, we really don't want any part of this. There's going to have to be some reckoning with it right now. Well, I know Mel is always out there talking to like high level military sources, which is kind of nice to have somebody that knows these people what are your people what are your contacts saying i know you talk to guys like general michael flynn and you know i know i realize he's not operating inside the government currently but still guys that have an idea of what's kind of going on behind the scenes what are you hearing out there mel and good uh, to see you again by the uh, way good to see you these are some of the best people in the world so i'm happy to be here um, I uh, am seeing and hearing from from those people and other people in that world that uh, people are very nervous. They they feel like we are, uh, you know, most people uh, are of the belief that our country has been usurped, um, that we are no longer functioning as uh, as as we should be, and that there is a rogue element in our nation right now that is uh, really does want a war, and uh, you know. Every war, as we all know here, is a banker's war. And a lot more to do with this whole war is about the big picture of the failing financial system and the amount of money that is being made and laundered and spread all over the place uh, in the name of a war that never should have happened. Um, I do know that the, the, the people I consider to be real American patriots feel like the stakes for our nation right now are very, very <laughs> high and, and not good. And that there's a lot of people out there thinking that, you know, there's some uh, clandestine military coming in to save the day, which is not what I hear is happening, though the geopolitical situation is uh, is really what is um, 
you know, at this point, uh, our best bet, I hate to say that uh, it just appears that our military uh, is not being run by Americans and uh, that it's more of a NATO war. And we are the uh, second in line. Uh, the American uh, military right now is not functioning as a uh, military for the people uh, to protect us or our homeland. In fact, they're putting us in danger all over the world. Uh, the hard part is that a lot of people realize that the propaganda war is being won by the by the you know who's be, we're being told is the enemy and uh, i think that we're at a place where the american people have to start being honest about what happened to this nation uh going back many years uh at least uh we have to have some kind of aa type meeting for we the people of the united states to admit that there's a problem admit that the problem might be us and start pushing back against the money that is being sent all over the world to fight wars we don't belong in in countries we have no business being in on a massive scale. And if the people don't start accepting that our part, you know, there's so many people out there that if you say anything against the United States, they go crazy like, oh, you're a Russian asset or you're a China asset or whatever. And it's no, no, no. The Americans are not innocent. And, uh, you know, I, I think I've talked about it with Jason and you and other people, but something happened in 2000 with that uh, Center for the New American Century. And we've been playing that playbook the whole time to our own demise. And I think the rest of the world has had it. And if we the people don't push back, you know, they're going to they'd rather look. George Soros said at the last year's Davos that if they couldn't get the Great Reset and have their whole plan go into play, then they'd have to blow up the world is basically if you listen to what he said. And I believe I'm right. So that's where I am. Well, uh, uh, general pronouns told us that the most important thing <laughs> is that we respect everybody's gender when they're coming into the military as we systematically lower the requirements for entrance, because. Now we can't get anybody to join. Uh, Burmas, what are you seeing on the ground there? I know that you're 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 so far down this rabbit hole, I can't even see your feet anymore. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Right now, uh, I see perpetual war. Right, um, you know, Mel just alluded to the fact that the Americans aren't really in charge now. I would uh, push back just a little bit in the sense that we're talking about Americans. We're really talking about Mercs, right? Uh, over the last decade and a half, really two decades, beginning with the War of Terror, uh, we started privatizing the military, calling it different things. Blackwater rebranded itself several times. Uh, XE Services Academy, it's back to Blackwater. Uh, but there's a multitude of those organizations. So uh, you have those with other types of special forces on the border. You escalate everything militarily, and there's no end in sight. Uh, you openly tell the public about certain technologies. And from what I'm seeing in this thing is uh, we're going to see an escalation. We might even see some new tech. Uh, you know, I was talking to somebody who's <clears throat> basically in the uh, defense industry while I was at Tim Pool's house. And I just happened to be in a conversation about 3D printing and rockets and I was talking about a discussion from a uh, executive at Rocketdyne all the way back in 2016. And all of a sudden, this guy chimes in. He goes, you know, I've actually seen those get printed up. And basically, you're talking about these units that are printed at one time that are obviously made of many components. And we're not just talking about propulsion systems. We're talking about weapon systems. And he, he said to me, he thinks that they're gearing up right now from what he sees to use new military technology around April of this year. Uh, that tells me this conflict is going nowhere fast. Probably my biggest fear of the entire thing is the possibility that um, 
a nuclear device is used anywhere in the world and blamed on anybody because it doesn't matter if it's blamed on us or Russia or false flag or anything. That is the largest excuse that will instill uh, fear like nothing else. Forget about the virus in a global populace and allow them to push for more of these fourth industrial revolution uh, restrictions and authoritarian dictates. So I I think we're in a tight spot, right? I I hope that we don't see uh, this, this nuclear thing or something like it in the next six to 12 months, but I certainly don't think it's off the table. And I I think that you might see it in a moment of confusion while they're trying to kind of move Biden out of office with a non-scandal. That's what this whole thing. In fact, I asked Flynn about that uh, at uh, Tennessee last weekend. First thing I asked him, you know, is this a way to basically now everybody's got classified documents, right? Nobody knows what they are. We're never going to know what they are, but basically a way to move him on and bring up the next level of puppet establishment without having to admit that, oh, by the way, we installed this senile poopy pants president puppet that doesn't run anything, right? We installed a zombie and we'll never cop to the fact that he was totally zombified and had dementia long before we ran him. It's this Nixon-esque scandal that before we even impeach him, he'll step down with a little bit of dignity, right? Because this is the administration that brought us back dignity. So, hey, you know, those are predictions. I'm just another asshole out there. Uh, you, you can check me out in the morning. You're, uh, you're our favorite asshole, though. That's the difference. Well, well hey, Burmis, what if uh, what if Biden comes out and he goes exactly to what you're alluding to? He says, look, for the good of the country, I, you know, I, I did. I broke the law. I took classified documents. I want to set a precedent that says anyone who's removed classified documents is liable for the same investigations and prosecutions that I would be and make sure that this never happens going forward. Because the last thing that uh, a lot of those guys want is uh, Trump 2024 presidency. Joe step down. Why can't Donald? Why can't Donald step down? If Joe's going to do it, why can't Donald? Yeah, so they they would then use that as kind of a, a roundabout in order to try and throw another prosecution Trump's way and then anyone else who they've decided who at the time just, you know, I mean, obviously every president's walked away with classified documents as the vice presidents, but you know, anybody in a position to have or hold them has walked away with them. So uh, setting that precedent going forward would make it at least so that only the people who, you know, get the wink and the nod get to walk away with them, knowing that that's setting them up for any sort of future trap going forward. Yeah, certainly the cherry on top. I'd have to agree with you there, Steve. Well, uh, Jason, also, if uh, we live in a world now where it appears uh, Henry Kissinger seems reasonable, uh, which is bizarre. Uh, Yeah, as as he approaches 100, I think he actually is 100. As he approaches 101, finally, Kissinger is the most reasonable guy at the table. He's going to be 100, 100 in May, and I know this because I recorded an episode about Henry Kissinger that's about to come out because I did it in anticipation of his 100th birthday because, you know, these scumbags live forever. So, Well, I mean, it seems like there is a changing in the guard in the think tanks that the implementers are relying upon. Like the Rand Corporation has a blog. I read it every week. It's great. But they're, they're, they're talking about avoiding long-term conflicts in Ukraine. So those think tanks and those old way, old school ways of thinking like Kissinger are being ignored because the new think tanks are here and they want to have a longer war with Ukraine. So the old way is out, new way in. 
I think there's two things happening there. All right. Number one, I think that Henry Kissinger, in light of all of his evils, kind of bought into his own uh, utopian or dystopian bullshit. Let it happen over there and not here. And just never believed that there would be some kind of nuclear war because we would be the dominant force. Right. And, and never thought it would get to that level. But now he sees it, that they're off the cuff and this could happen. So, so that's kind of what I'm thinking with Kissinger and him, because, you know, he comes from that, that very uh, Soviet era where he believes he's cut the deals and he's cut the deals with China for globalization. They never bring it to this level. So, so I think that's why he's being the voice of reason. And, and then on the flip with Rand Corporation, you know that I cover uh, Rand at some length especially when we're talking about Internet of Bodies and human brain interfaces. And even when they're discussing the fourth industrial revolution openly, they're talking about the ethical dilemmas of it to their, um, I guess, I don't want to say, I don't want to give them too much approval because they're saying it's coming no matter what and it's already here. But at the same time, when I play these things, they're warning you that anybody could have access to these things and you have to decide your level of comfort. So when we talk about the Rand Corporation in particular, I think you're almost getting into like the musketeer, musk-esque category where, you know, they're kind of announcing it, but giving it kind of a, a positive flavor. Hey, we're aware that you're a little bit concerned and we want to do things about that too, but we're not really going to do it and we're going to actually utilize it. So as long as it gets pushed forward, I think they'll have the voices in the wilderness. You know, I think there is a certain passing of uh, maybe the old guard via in the media right now it's more atlantic council and you're even hearing less from the cfr uh people that'll lean towards even more and more authoritarianism but i don't necessarily think that there's a changing of the guard i think they're all still in it together and they're just kind of they're kind of weeding out the lower level stuff right you just saw a lot of these tech companies they're calling it the rich session oh how clever <laughs> where they're getting rid of some of the lower employees at google we'll see you later maybe you don't have our ideologies amazon hit the bricks and you're going to continue to see this because they're going to get automated out with ai too so i think there's only going to be so much of a guise you know right like like a face you can put on this thing it's here man fourth industrial revolution isn't getting ready to kick off we're in like phase two or three and maybe like a 10 part program they already got billions of people to to inject bioweapons into their bodies everybody and then and, and can, can i say this to burmas while we're at the top of the burmas the meat of the the burmas hour over here i got the green and red behind me because i wanted to emulate not the italian flag but the mexican flag because uh we had a story just the other day on am wake up talking about this mexican company or someone from the government i'm really not sure shutting down uh, a, an airline company, a, a, an airplane company of sorts that's putting chemicals in, in the air and whatnot. And now we're at this point, too, as well, where it's so openly everybody's talking about, you know, chemtrails and uh, what are they calling it? Cloud seeding. And it's just out in the open, you know, Biden signing orders. Uh, Brennan was talking at the CFR. And now it seems like it's OK to talk about uh, chemtrails. However, it's not being talked about, Burmis, in the sense of how it's being utilized by the military. Everything now, it's kind of played into this whole ESG mindset. We're, how, we're trying to cool the planet because you plebs, you bastards, you, you're you the ones who made this this place inhabitable and you, you all need a carbon footprint tracker. And, uh, you know, we're going to make sure that we take away your rights and everything. But the fact that they're talking about chemtrails out in the open, I mean, I wonder how does that play to a guy like yourself who had shade the motion picture how many years ago now into it? I think it was the first Burmese 
movie I watch. But guys like you and Mark Dice, I mean, holy shit. Um, it, it's kind of out there in the open now, no? Yeah, no, it's going to be a 10-year anniversary on that film in April, right, when they launched the new weapons. Um, <laughs> let's hope not. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, you look at that picture, and we talked about geoengineering. We talked about bioengineering. We talked about solar radiation uh, management. And you talked about how everything is getting uh, smaller, right? Uh, that's the movement. He, let, let's give all these people what, what they say. Let's, let's say for a second they're John Kerry style. They're here to save the planet, and they're almost extraterrestrial. Let's just give them that. We should totally put them in charge. Look at what they've done. Like, who else is in charge of all the carbon that's gone wild on the planet? You're telling me it's not the large corporations, the bankers, the head of the military-industrial complex, the heads of state, the generational bloodlines that all go to these things? Like, that's the biggest bullshit. So so we're going to fix the problem that you supposedly created because you're so damn benevolent. You know, obviously what's really going on is you have a command and control system where they've marked carbon and now methane or nitrogen. Any life force on the planet, you know, that you could be uh, utilized by human beings to thrive. And we're going to restrict it. And we're going to make an imagination land carbon, a life force on the planet you could never get rid of and never restrict. And everything's going to be regimented on that. I mean, it sounds so absurd on its face with anybody with a fifth grade education. <laughs> but we're here, man. We're here. There, Listen, it, it's metaverse madness time. It's time to kick on the friggin' Oculus. Eagles are in the Super Bowl, brah. <laughs> like... <laughs> You know, people aren't thinking about this stuff, and they should be because, in reality, everybody's bills are going up. Less and less of people are have jobs. More and more people are on some kind of government dole that puts you in the pocket of this system, whether you like it or not. So, you know, I, I keep preaching. You know, back in the day, Jason Burmis was the guy that was telling you, hey, we need a constitutional republic. We need a, not a revolution, but a reformation of our Constitution and Bill of Rights. I think we're so far past that after these midterms and what we saw in these election results that it's stay human. It's, it's navigate this fourth industrial revolution that, that we are a part of right now. Hello, my slaves. It's your favorite Olajok, Klaus Schwab Jr. I am happier than a shrine in Scheiza. I am a banker covered in blood. And we had great, great uh, time for Davos for you. So uh, lots of great. This is uh, 10 days after Davos has finished for you. And there are still some stragglers around making deals. So I am still here for you. Uh, great to be on the union of the unwanted. Very, very excited. We, we always appreciate your insight, uh, KS2. Uh, give us a rundown. What what sort of uh, pissings were you making on the graves of your enemies in uh, Davos this year? Well, it was all friends. It was all friends for Davos. I think a lot of times the uh, surface monkeys, they don't know about how money is made. They are trying to get money, trying to get ahead. Nobody knows how this is made for you. And um, so you take the bound from the treasury and it goes to the bankers and then they put it behind mirror and we light the smoke, we get it, the gas and then we make murder of enemy. We put this in cauldron, we put newt in there and then we mix this up with the tears 
of them. The, the, we, you need the tears to ground this as some dirt from the local place that you will make genocide for. And then you do, you know, the ritual. And then from this, out of this, then you can uh, put the little digits into the computer machine. Uh, we needed to make, a, in order to fund Russiagate, we needed the blood of Seth Rich. You know, people are very confused of this. That's how it works, like for banking, for making. Ladies and gentlemen, Klaus Schwab Jr., Those thank you. We, appre we always appreciate your uh, insights. We appreciate you popping in. We know you have places to be, people to rape. So we will, well, uh, we will let yeah. you go. Goodbye for now. Yeah, Christina Lagarde is making a lot of cuts for this, and we are making, you know, you know for that. You're skinning her. I understand. Uh, okay. Goodbye for now. Bye for now. Thank you. Oh, boy. I think he's coming out with a holiday anyone, book. Gotta love it when <laughs> anyone shows up looking like half a G.G. Allen. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you, I've been, you know, rather disappointed um, with the goings-on in Canada lately. <laughs> I thought you guys had it all together, but now we've got, uh, we've got a couple Canadians here that I think can maybe explain what's what's happening up north because uh you know i thought we were turning a corner with this whole trucker convoy a year ago right <laughs> i thought we had this momentum and it just seemed like it was going to go and then you got you canadians went and became canadians again and got so polite and so nice <laughs> and just said oh yeah go ahead and cut in front of me yeah trudeau it's fine you know and now we're back to this situation where it looks like they're trying to, they want to lock you down again. What the fuck is going on in Canada? Please, Tease, fill us in. Culturally, we're, we've been taught to lick a boot and call it cake. And so that's kind of just where we're at as a people. And I don't know what the hell it's going to take to break that. I think it's one of those things where we're all staring down the barrel of what's coming. And unfortunately, it's going to got, it's got to get a lot closer before any of the people that were so frustrated with actually wake up and, and turn in a better direction. I wish I could explain it other than that. We have a long legacy of living on our knees and that needs to change. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, we're in a war right now. You guys were talking about the Ukraine war, but we're in a, we're in a war right now. You know, it's, I think that Canada is going to be behind the rest of the West in the coming uh, to a head with this whole poison um bioweapon thing i mean well, they're starting to track our injuries and in, on official government websites which is amazing actually they're actually trying to track some of this stuff where they're making they look like they're making an effort um even though they're still you know it's still hard for doctors to input this stuff and they're still sort of saying it's safe and effective so this is going to come to a head but it's going to be a long road i think it's going to be a while before everybody because you know what happened at wef there they they're going to keep pushing this so I, I'm kind of thinking now that the war in Ukraine is going to sort of be bubbling in the background. And when, and when everybody, when, when this comes to a head, when the Western world doesn't accept what the WEF has planned for us with more regular injections, I mean, their product has been a dis disaster. So that's, people are waking up. Scientists, doctors are waking up. I mean, I do think it's happening, but just very slowly and it's got to come to a head. And then when it, if it doesn't, pan out which i don't think it will then the war will happen like the real war will happen it'll be equated to uh microsoft vista 
It, it's like that that bad of a launch and that much PR around it, and people will look back like, what a disaster. Unfortunately, you know, the, this will kill much more people than Vista, as far as we know, but it's, it's I mean, horrible. It's, it's, it's a down. failed I mean, process. Access, I, don't know. I wanted to kill myself when Vista came out. I'm sure a lot of people did. The excess mortality is not really slowing down. I mean, and, and it's only a matter of time before people, normal people, start seeing it and go, holy fuck, like this is, this is, this is all connected. No, yeah, that's when they start to prep you for like uh, they they hang. We have so many puppets kind of like hanging out to dry for, to be lap la, like lunged at and uh, have that anger attached to. They it's like everyone's a cartoon character that's out front. See Steve, you can say the line whatever you want, but like uh, it's it's just the reality. And so I think that it's almost like they're setting it up for a fall to make us feel like we've made some kind of pushback or progress when really it's all just like. They give you a smaller crime to find them guilty for so that they get away with the big ones. That's kind of my sense of it. Has Canada lifted all their COVID stuff or, or is some of the rules and regulations still implemented? I think you guys are last with your borders. I mean, you know. I'll blame still, it us, huh? You're still, provide, <laughs> you're still like, you know, hanging on to that thing, even though the border <laughs> guards couldn't give a shit. But, you know, officially... Six million of us are still not allowed to come down and see so, you. But domestically, like we're, it, we're fine. I think we're fine, okay. Atis. I mean, but I've been seeing some stuff on the fifteen-minute city, and and there's some weird stuff going on with uh, rural land. They're really trying to make these uh, yeah. these rural towns. Um, they're trying to clamp down on people's sort of the bylaws on people that move to these rural towns to get away from the city. So it it is yeah. sort of creeping into the the little tiny um, municipalities that are like, there's a yeah. ton of them in Alberta and Saskatchewan. I mean, it's just little town dotted all over, like every 15, 20 minute drive, there's a tiny little town. Right. And now they're sort of infiltrating all that. Yeah. No, Graham, you're spot on. And I like, if you look at the agenda 2030, like rollout, how they've created kind of like that grid, like infrastructure of governance, that is kind of an underlay to the national and uh, municipal way in which we conventionally go about regarding things. You can look at each of those respective kind of like grids or parsecs as a trial balloon region. And then you can look at that as like a small rural area. What kind of data you get from that? What sort of feedback you get from pushback and then you just go and you try a bunch of different things on people to see what works in order to kind of war of inches finagle them into a particular dispositional leaning and then you weaponize their very thoughts and feelings and that's that's how it's working in canada it's it's like a passive aggressive warfare it's ridiculous i mean we still have like i was going through the tim hortons drive through the other day and they're all still wearing masks and it's gross you're like what are you what are you guys doing why are you participating in this you're all wearing masks like it's actually making a difference in the hospitals the healthcare system is a is a nightmare right now i mean they're still all masked up in there you know but they'll yeah. but they'll you know they'll uh provide maid service for another three percent of us maybe more this year we'll see well in in the u.s it, people are still wearing masks you still see it from time to time but everybody's wearing it like on their chin like they're barely wearing it so it's like you know it's not doing anything it, it's either a reflection of the long-term trauma of scaring people and it became like their safety blanket where they just feel more comfortable with it on their face even if it's not doing anything and and really i mean that should be concerning because if there's adults that have that type of trauma imagine what we've done to our kids who we said don't touch anything you know but make sure your mask is over your nose all this type of stuff oh make sure you get sanitizer 
um, it, it's it's really concerning. We don't we we're assuming that like kids, and especially in America, where like for the most part, thanks to Putin, we have forgot about COVID. But it, it's it's like one of those things we think it's behind us, and psychologically, like the kids have have just put it behind them too, right? But there's going to be long-term damage and long-term effects, and we don't know or maybe even see what that is at the moment. But in time, we are definitely going to see it. And um, I mean, it's just, we live in a wild time. The thing about COVID too, that's really interesting because I was actually uh, trying to buy something that the fa- from China recently, and the factory worker owner somebody manager emailed me saying that like oh they're uh china's like at a lockdown right now and all it's like crazy they're like still living in 2020 and it just reminds me of like how we all live in some weird version of north korea like we look at north korea like oh my god all those people are brainwashed all those people have like this completely uh controlled interpretation of how the world is and it's like well we all kind of live in that world like we you look at like the u.s i live in massachusetts when when, in 2020 when i would travel to florida it's like you went into like some portal into another universe it's like covid wasn't a thing people were coming up to you and kissing you and hugging you when they saw you it was like surreal and it it showed you how much of our reality how much uh of the way we looked at the world and and the fear and stress and anxiety that we have could is media made and controlled by the government and the media and how you know they decide what reality is and what's real and not real and it doesn't matter if we see it or don't see it like they can literally mold the way we perceive things and you know that's something that people have to constantly remind themselves is is that you know they they are having an influence on the majority of people and and what they think is true or not true but like graham keeps saying and i always try to be optimistic i think things are trending in a positive direction in regards to people waking up i know we keep saying this people waking up people waking up like it's insane that stuff like you know climate change being another coup to 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 control people and just another propaganda um you know tactic people are openly talking about it now like people who are like you know there's something fishy about this climate uh change uh movement and you you look at obviously covid but a lot of people are coming along with like now questioning all vaccines uh it's which i think is a great thing i think it was uh brett weinstein when he was on rogan recently you know he's like oh you know he's like what i've learned about uh analyzing the whole covid uh vaccine he's like now it's making me question all vaccine science so i think there are some good things uh uh recently uh jordan peterson was just on rogan he was openly talking about climate change and how you know just the dangers of 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 giving government more power and and whatnot to protect us because it's always the same the, the same thing it's it's problem reaction solution it's like okay first it was covid give us your money give us your privacy and we'll protect you now it's climate give us your you know give us your money give us uh your freedoms and we'll protect you and and you know they ha- if you're big brother it only makes sense to constantly give us reasons to uh to think that you're necessary and and that we need you um so it, it really is you know i forget who said it like if if uh history doesn't repeat it definitely rhymes it's just history repeating and rhyming over and over again it feels like even if more people do wake up um, and it, if, if we're moving towards accountability, that they'll just detonate some kind of bomb and all the tension is diverted and then there's no accountability because there's a bigger problem to take care of. Uh, I, don't, 
will be a bomb. Like, I, I think that, like, you know, and this go, you can go all the way back to Wars of Racket, Racket by Smedley Butler. Like, the, on the surface level, the what we're sold as, what's really going on, and then what's really going on is completely different. And I think even with this war, there's going to be negotiations. There's going to be um, discussions about long-term plans. And I don't think the long-term plan is like, we just blow everything up. Like, I think there's going to be strategies. There's geopolitical things going on. I mean, geopolitics is very complicated and complex. And because there's so many countries and so many people, uh, interests that, that are pulling things in one direction, or another direction. So I'm not sure we know exactly, uh, how this is going to end. And we don't know what's going on behind closed doors, what, um, what they're going to try to do. Like, I mean, obviously Russia knew like the U.S. were going to take these actions. Uh, they've kind of prepared for it. That's why their economy hasn't collapsed yet. And, you know, and the, the U.S. also knew that if you kept expanding NATO and all these things that eventually, you know, they're going to invade Ukraine. It's, it's, so I think there are long-term, long-term plans and there are some strategies to maybe even get out. Maybe they'll do what they did in World War II, where I, I tend to believe that there's, you know, obviously a, um, a lot of people now accept the fact that Hitler might have made it to Argentina. I think that that was probably on purpose. They let him go. That obviously everybody on this call knows about Operation Paperclip. We, you know, they should, a lot of these people should have been in Nuremberg trials and locked up. And instead, we're like, come work for us, start NASA. And, um, so I, I think it's one of those things that, you know, who knows, you know, I, I there's going to be there's going to be some negotiation. There's going to be some some deals being done. They might even say publicly like, OK, we'll give up, you know, some of Ukraine or, or whatever. And then maybe put a puppet in there as a politician um, to, to control the country. Who knows? The, the U.S. has done that multiple times where they seem like their hands are off. But then it's just because the person in power is working for them you know, indirectly. Uh, we've done it with all our Latin American coups that getting involved in politics all over the world. So it's, uh, it, it's geopolitics. It's really complex. And I, I don't, I just, maybe it's just me hoping that they've thought it out more than like, you know, last resort, let's press the red button. Right. I let's, I, I'm that, um, <laughs> yeah. I think a good thing though, that you, you were bringing up before I live in New York city and it's a communist dystopia. And I, honestly, it is it is as bad as they're reporting. It's worse and it's getting worse every day. Adams today decided that every employee of New York State uh, of New York City has to go through uh, uh, anti-racism training and uh, all this training coming up mandatory mandated and like look not even ever looking at the problem but i will tell you a lot of these decision makers on wall street that work at bear Stearns, uh, not bear Stearns, that's gone uh that work at goldman sachs or blackrock or blackstone they live in my neighborhood and they are wearing masks and they are walking around like like terrorized and there's right now covid testing booths at every corner in new york city and i feel like new york city has been completely captured and a lot of the problem here is, uh, as I now call it, the Poison Ivy League, is that a lot of these people that uh, have decided all of this stuff, we keep talking about they, you know, they want this or they want that. Well, they have proven to be the worst of us. And we've we've lived our lives thinking that they, with their MBAs and PhDs from one of these universities, if not the Ivies, then then Stanford or MIT or whatever, that these people are to be uh, looked up at 
as uh, the um, the leaders or, you know, as uh, as Klaus Schwab calls it, the uh, best futurists and the best this and that. But I think over the last two and a half years, we've realized that this entire class, this uh, technocracy mixed with the military, mixed with the Wall Street guys, they're really uh, a bunch of people, I believe, that have been bred uh, from very young and groomed and replaced and bred and groomed and replaced. And they've dumbed themselves down in the meantime. And, and really, I do talk to these people that are, you know, running these big banks or running work on Wall Street or work at the UN because I live right in the neighborhood. And they are totally, they know, I mean, they talk talking points right from the World Economic Forum and they can't deviate. You can, they cannot, they cannot have a conversation. They can't think outside. And that's why when we're talking about they, we have to, I, I really believe that a lot has been exposed that they don't know so much that we've been told to listen to they. And they are just literally uh, passing down generation to generation, the same, you know, uh, playbook of Kissinger and Rockefeller and, and Brzezinski, but they've dumbed down their own children. So these adults don't think they're not strategic thinkers. They can't debate that you they don't know facts. They don't know news, obvious stuff that's provable. You, you say it like one, one of my friends is a, a, he's an MBA from Columbia. He's a big runs at a big bank. And uh, every time I see him, he's like, oh, I saw your show, Mel. You know, I disagree with 99 percent. And I'm like, well, what do you agree with? And he'll tell me 10 things that he didn't know that he now agrees with about the CDC or something. And then I say, like, but what about this? What about that? Oh, that's not true. And I'm like, it's provable. But I, I have to say this technocracy, this ruling class, this they that we talk about, that needs to be displaced. That needs to be revealed as a fraud. And uh, as long as we keep playing on, because I think the most dangerous institutions in this country are the Ivy League schools uh, and their and their adjuncts, uh, Stanford, MIT, University of Chicago. These are where the think tank guys are from. This is where they they breed these people. They send them to our embassies all over the world. Uh, and they, I believe that they are the ones that are really responsible for what's going on in this nation. And, and I think it's time that the average people realize that they're not smarter than you, they're not better than you, and they certainly shouldn't be telling us how to live our lives. And that is where we are, I think, right now. So if I could jump jump in on two points there, when she talks about New York State, um, she talks about the city, but the state is a dystopian hellhole. So you, you had yet another judgment out there by the state Supreme Court saying that, what, the mandates for health workers were unconstitutional, threw them all out. Last week, Kathy Hochul, uh, the installed dictator, and, and I don't believe that she won in a free and fair election, even against BlackRock Zeldin, you know, call me a kook, was asked whether or not she would reinstate all of these hospital workers that lost their jobs due to these mandates that, you know, were just found unconstitutional and completely illegal. She repeated the lie twice that she couldn't put people in nursing homes and health situations in any harm's way of what? Transmitting the virus. None of these shots at this point are advertised anywhere to stop transmission. And yet she repeated that lie this week in 2023. That's how dystopic it, it is. And, and to go back to uh, what Ricky was saying, you know, I, I know that there are a lot of backdoor talks and a lot of negotiations and geopolitics is absolutely a very intricate thing. And I'm, cer I'm certain that there are certain deals that are totally cut. We're not going to use this weapon. We're not going to go into this region. We're not going to use these drones here, et cetera, et cetera. What I'm worried about 
is the road mother truckers. People outside of those negotiations and nation states that may be present there, but then can utilize some kind of a black network. And once again, I don't think you're going to see, I don't think you're going to see a nuclear weapon in Russia. I don't think you're going to see it in the Ukraine. I don't necessarily think you're going to see it in the United States. If I were to like pick, pick a, a dart and throw it, I'd say somewhere in Europe that you're not expecting. And then all of a sudden there's, it's total confusion. I mean, guys, we live in a world where our media and the mainstream media in general that's westernized says that Putin took out the Nord Stream pipeline. <laughs> so so that type of confusion is what I'm worried about. I, I don't think it's like we just, you know, Putin gets on television and I said, hey, we told him not to fuck around. <laughs> I don't think that's it. I think it's going to be somewhere, you know, in that gray area. And like I said, we live in this post-truth world already. That happens. All bets are off. And I don't want to be a negative Nancy because, you know, I'm Sonny Thomas over here. I'm a happy guy. I like my life. I like enjoying it. Uh, but I'd like to continue at least to enjoy it to the level that I have in the past, uh, you know, year or so as I traveled the country and certainly not anything in the respects to 2020, 2021, which is just beyond nightmarish still. And I, and I can't believe how far it went. And I still have trouble with the remnants of it. Everybody's talking about the masking and all that other stuff. That's everywhere. Like you go to a certain retail outlet, like a Starbucks and 90% of the time, it's like, what is going on here? Like, what are people thinking? And they're not. It's over. We've got Chris Grave, Chris Graves here. You were on. Uh, good to see you, by the way. Uh, you were on with Sammy, uh, talking about false flags and psyops. I feel like we're. It's. I feel like it's false flag season. To be honest with you, like it's getting close to it. I, I forgot to check my calendar, but it feels like it's these times. It's coming. We've got wars. We've got all this stuff. What uh I don't know. What's the word on the street? I mean, every time I get you, I get messages from you 10 times a day Sorry. with, uh, with, uh, articles and stories and shit. I've never even thought of before. And you're sending me this crazy stuff. So if there's some obscure false flag history, I got a feeling, you know, about it. So what <laughs> are we seeing anything that makes you, you know, uncomfortable about, uh, about where, about where we're going right now? Well, I think uh, with the Ukraine and everything, I mean, uh, I know this isn't popular because, uh, you know, certain people, you know, everyone's so divided. But I think uh, the moment that the Ukraine thing happened last year, it immediately pushed all the vaccine stuff out of the news. Like my friend Donald Jeffries and I were talking about it and within 24 hours. No one was talking about vaccines or vaccine injuries or anything. It was all this Ukraine stuff. And, you know, I'm thinking that, you know, down the line, is this, you know, is this Zelensky guy going to be like a Saddam? Is it going to be like uh, an Osama bin Laden type thing where like 20 years later, we have this major, you know, terror attack and he has something to do with it and he's because right now he's our our best buddy right like kissing nancy pelosi and and uh you know wearing a, a t-shirt you know in front of congress and all that like he was me or something you know like a slob and uh i don't know that's 20 years down the line i think i feel like a uh i don't know with this pfizer video you know there's people questioning that now like in project veritas i don't know where to stand on that um but I, I felt like they would have already had the next 
you know, strain or, or the next variant out by now. Um, so I don't know. And then with the January 6th stuff, it's like, Charlie, it's like with the, it's like PSYOP after PSYOP after PSYOP. And I feel like they're bombarding us with all this. It's all like a strategy, right? It's all like a military type strategy. I don't know anymore. Like, are we going to have another random school shooting? Are we going to have another uh, insurrection attempt? You know, I don't know the playbook anymore. And with Tucker Carlson coming on and admitting the thing about JFK, that really has me questioning things. Because like, he had to be allowed to say that. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, when I'm listening to OBDM, you know, and, and Mike's doing his show, and when they go, when Mike goes from Mike to to Joe, there's transition music, right? It sort of signals that we're leaving this segment and we're moving to a new segment. We're going to talk about something different. I feel like those those false flags are is, is the transition music. Like as soon as you get a false flag, you then now move on to the new the new agenda, the new topic. It's like now we're oh vaccines. That's so 2021. <laughs> you know, we're not right. talking about that anymore. We're now moving on to some new thing that we don't even know. So, so a lot of times these, these false flags kind of pop up just to clear the palette, get rid of the old story, bring in something new and get us refocused. So well, now I feel like they're that too. OBDM <laughs> false flags, but I mean, Thanks. it just, re- it just reminds me. It's like, we're, we're now leaving this segment and we're moving to a totally new segment. So forget everything that we were just talking about. Now you have yeah. to focus on this. Yeah. I feel so like when you have, think false have... flags, think OBDM. Thank right. you. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I feel like they have all these things on the shelf and they just pick, pick from it at random, you know, maybe not at random, sorry, but they have all these different things. Like uh, we had this, you know the virus thing with dark winter back in 2001 they've been they've been planning planning for this or planning it rather then you got a 9-11 type thing you got oklahoma city you know, domestic terrorism comes back then you got the foreign terrorism then you got like i said the random spree shooter thing that kind of replaced the serial killer phenomenon uh in a way uh gladio it's gladio. It keeps the fear, you know, it, you know, keep trauma based mind control. Mm-hmm. And then you got what's the other? Now we got insurrections, which, you know, I didn't know, you know, police officers opening the gate is considered an insurrection. But that's just me. I don't know. But to answer your question, Charlie, we're we're playing with a new deck of cards now because yeah. I like to point out with like Sandy Hook and Boston bombing and things like that. That was like the next step from like things like uh, classic false flags where people really do die. And I'm not saying that no one died at Boston bombing or Sandy Hook. What I mean by that is now they have this twilight zone element where they, you know, people laughing, weird people walking in circles, weird footage is introduced over the airwaves and it kind of like traps uh, legitimate researchers. And now with the, 2.3 2.3 trillion, I think uh, Alex owes. You know, he should have got it. From, <laughs> he should have got it from Rumsfeld before he pieced uh, out. Well, he's on but, a repayment plan. He's paying right. back a, a dollar a year for the next 2.3 billion years. So. It's like a, it's yeah, gonna, it's like a it's reverse take a layaway thing. Like, yeah. well, you know, back in the day at Kmart. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know, Charlie. I don't know. It's uh, expect weird time. Yeah. I didn't know that we had a false flag person here because I've been thinking of something and I'm not happy that I'm thinking about it. But uh, I feel like we're in the middle of a color revolution and it's the same people that pulled them all over the world are just pulling it here. And even if they are our people, they don't really care. And uh, and my my issue is that I know that in the beginning of the O'Biden regime, 
that uh, Blinken and uh, some of the war, you know, mongers, Newland, uh, a bunch of them, powers running USAID, which is terrifying. And uh, they went to the UN for the UN to assess America's violence and America's systematic racism and all this stuff. And as we all know, everyone here pretty much has been around this block, that uh, one of the things that they do a lot when it comes to um, the uh, long game of the color revolution is that at some point they call this uh, responsibility to protect nonsense that gives them the right somehow by the fraudulent fraud that is the UN to go into a sovereign nation and uh, have NATO or whatever troops they decide to go in and take charge. And I keep hearing a lot of talk about from our other nations, from the UN, about the uh, violence and racism in America, in our cities, and all of that. And it seems to me very, I, I, I thought about this, I've talked about it about a year and a half ago, this responsibility to protect, but I'm seeing more and more infringement and judgments coming from people at the UN and people connecting the, to the UN, talking about America being like some kind of, you know, place that needs some kind of intervention. And I, I believe that the people would rise up or I would like to believe that because I would have thought they already would have peacefully at this point. But um, what are your thoughts on, on that concept? Because it does seem that that goes with the pattern that we're in. Well, Sam can't even be here today. He's at a cross burning, yeah. you know? So, I mean, there's just, there's so much white supremacy going on that we just <laughs> can barely even keep track of it all. Oh, bad. No, I mean, it's, look, If I'll tell you, people have asked, like, where's your line in the sand? Like, your imaginary line in the sand. Okay, I don't know. I don't know where it is. But if the United Nations blue helmets are put on the streets in the United States, I am out of here. Okay, that is a bad sign. That is what happens right before something horrible goes down. And, it, you know, and then everything gets covered up with the fog of war and, you know, mistakes were made and all that stuff. So, I get very uncomfortable when we start, uh, when when the United Nations starts talking, because we we I think we all on this call know exactly how dangerous of a group that is, and how unchecked they are, and what they really want. And and you mentioned Blinken and these guys. Look, these guys are these guys don't work for the United States anymore. They're trilateral commission members that have recycled into the Biden administration to carry out an agenda from inside. And part of that is open borders, and part of that is chaos, and things like that. And 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 God, I'll be damned if they haven't delivered. I mean, we have 5 million more people in the United States through the southern border than we did when Trump was in office. I'm no Trump fan or, or anything like that, but it's just math. That's what's going on. And so you have to, you have to ask, well, is this intentional? And of course, the answer is, yeah, it's intentional. Okay, well, what's the plan then? If you're letting 5 million people unchecked through. Now, mind you, if you go through JFK on an international flight, you have to show proof that you have all your vaccinations to come into the United States still to this day. But if you're if you just come in through the back door, you can come in with whatever you want, you know. So there, it seems like there's an operation that's being sort of put in place, but I'm not entirely sure I understand the full extent of it right now. Well, during the lockdown, weren't they actually giving them, uh, you know, people from the south they were giving them you know hotel rooms and things oh yeah yeah so <laughs> whether it's planned or not i i don't know i mean i meant to say earlier uh also that the, the other thing that's on the the shelf i like i like to say is the race riot thing you know oh, yeah. and we had that and that was a distract i guess covid decided to take a uh, 
vacation like the flu did for a couple of months during the, mm -hmm. the BLM thing. And I think that they're trying to push that again. But now it's even more ridiculous because now they're it's black on black crime. <laughs> they're still right. saying it's white guys. I don't know. It you feels know? like the messaging is is a bit weak on yeah. on, on this current uh, <laughs> current push. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't get it. We got football players that we don't even know if they're alive or not. Like, that's another True. weird God. thing, you know? I don't know. What's going on in Tennessee? Hey, guys. What's hey. going on? Hey. Hi, Free Media here. Look at those guys. We just got done with some some dinner. I thought we'd join you guys for a minute. How, how What's going on? What's we the conversation all about? Uh, we're just solving all the world's problems. Don't worry. Of course. Oh. Of course. But nothing. I wouldn't expect anything less from you, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just complaining about them. We're pointing them out and... Pointing out the the insanity. No, I mean it just it just feels everything feels very I don't know like a powder keg like it's ready to go off. There's everyone's kind of anxious and you feel like the money supply is uh, getting messed with and uh, you don't I don't know it's it, otherwise known as Monday evening you know, just <laughs> exactly Monday here in America <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, we were just trying to solve the world's problems at dinner, so it's same same deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk about all the inane and unimportant things. But no, what was the, uh, the the focus of tonight? You guys have any important conversations about anything? Let's jump in. Well, we were talking about Ukraine. We were talking about the, this this sort of um, you know, I don't know, a war that's on. It just seems like it's not going to be. You know, we're coming up on a year anniversary of it. Obviously, it's a, not a long time for a war, but. It just feels like the propaganda has gone through a full cycle. We're kind of running out of things to be excited about. We're still supposed to care. We're still supposed to stand with Ukraine. Do all my legs are exhausted from all this fucking standing with Ukraine. <laughs> I've been doing, you know, and yet here we are. And um, it feels like we have. I don't know. It feels like the people maybe have war fatigue, and we're not even involved in it. And yet the media is still trying to keep it going, and the money is flowing. Money never stopped flowing. Right, I mean, that's. Right. That they're just taking plane loads of it wherever they want. And so here we are. We're talking about sending them tanks as if 30 tanks is going to like what we know 30 tanks isn't going to swing the battle. So what is this about? What are we what are we even doing over there? One of the things that I just don't understand is how is none of this perceived as acts of war on behalf of America? Like just giving them a one dollar. Why doesn't Russians say, OK, that's a declaration of war against us and retaliate. So obviously there's like background deals going on and it's like well, everybody's just kind of playing their maybe role. Maybe because we've been fighting a proxy war since 2014. Yeah, totally. So this is just an extension and people are very desensitized. Yeah. Well, it, was I, I way, say, it was way before 2014. I hate to tell you. I, yeah, yeah. I would argue that's actually correct. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But see, that's I would accurate. say what Scott was just saying ultimately that that was the audio. Oh, I'm going to take around gallery so you can see everybody that's there. Mm -hmm. um, but so ba basically, what I what I think is interesting on top of the Russia part is that you know I think that is what's happening. Right. Russia is the, oh, like they've declared war a long time ago and we're yeah. in a proxy war with the United mm -hmm. States. Right. And oh, so right. the way they look at it is that the they're just not going to take the bait, like exactly what Russia did in Syria over and over and over, which is not to say that Russia is a good guy. It's right. just simply that they're smart enough or Putin or the government is smart enough to not to see how clumsy this setup is. You know, and I think yeah. we can sit here and see it and talk about it. You know, and I think like that's the point is I think Americans were very quick to get fatigued with this because Previous to Ukraine, most Americans would have said no to any war. 
Right. You know what I mean? So Joe just, Biden, Joe Biden in March of last year stood in front of a podium and went, uh, uh, you know, the, I, people are, are suggesting that we send tanks into Ukraine. And I mean, that's that's World War Three. That's crazy. Right. You know, that's nuts. That's crazy. It didn't even take a year it, uh, to and or to put it. I mean, maybe on the other hand, it takes Joe Biden that long to fully formulate a thought and an idea. <laughs> And the, you know, it was just a the, the lag there between. But I mean, they were admitting that it was open war. That and thirty tanks isn't going to do much. But thirty tanks with Poland's, however many, with the UK's, however many, with Germany's, however many, all going into one town at a time. It, it at least justifies the production of many more tanks. And I think that's the, you know, one of the things that they would like to do. Uh, according to everybody that, uh, that I've spoken to that's in and around the military, they're all getting prepped for China and Taiwan starting around 2025, 2027, something like that. And so, when you see uh and probably a couple of places in in central and south america too um but they're doing like war porn recruitment videos for uh for all different all of the different terrains in china for all of the different kinds of uh why you gotta bring in tulsi gabbard man why you gotta bring in tulsi um if you guys haven't seen it tulsi gabbard did a platoon reboot <laughs> that she put out on her Twitter page. It was a it was uh, a predator reboot because it predator, was a predator, predator. Jesse Ventura won war. Dude, there's a guy in the freaking Jesse Ventura cowboy hat in Tulsi Gabbard's promo video. I swear to God there is. I swear to God there is. Let's, let's get let's get Tulsi and Elon Musk together because they're going to save the world. Clearly, mm -hmm. well, I mean, the Elon just met with the Biden administration about the electric vehicles that are going to save John Podesta, the planet. So. No less, John Podesta, no less. That let that yeah. not be missed in this conversation. <laughs> well, I also heard from a birdie that bros try to get close to Pompeo, but that didn't happen. So that's another thing that's uh, kind of interesting. But let me just say this really quickly too, Ryan, because I don't want to necessarily you know say that Russia is the good guy here. But if we're looking at things on a surface level, and this is actually going on, we have to recognize that we are the aggressors, the United States. Okay, yeah. and they the are justified yeah, for going in. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and oh, this I agree. You know more than anything with, with the the bio labs are there that it was you know state sponsored over here. You know we have the receipts that you know at the end of the day, us saying they are justified by going in is at least us as as United States citizens, Americans, taking some form of fucking accountability for our foreign policy actions. And that's the most important thing we need to do, because once they are done over here in the Ukraine, they're going to pivot. And I'm very much getting the sense they want to pivot right down to the, you know, the Latin American region. They want to get back in over there. They see the Chinese going in aggressively, you know. So, I mean, uh, you know, the military industrial complex complex has to eat. But I think there needs to be some justification from Americans as well to take some accountability for the foreign policy. Yeah, we're not making the decisions. Well but we I don't have think to, that you know. we. I don't think the American people need to take accountability. I don't right. remember signing up for this. The American <laughs> government is complicit with the entire military-industrial complex. Well, they are that, yeah. in many ways leading it. But that, I wouldn't say that that's America who needs to take accountability. But well, to, we have to, your, to hold them right. accountable. All they yeah, care about is getting exactly. reelected. Right. That, that's, yeah, that's what possibly. That's what we're going to opt out. out there. Well, if we're going to opt out from any accountability. Power, 
Courtney, they're I, using I our say, tax dollars to do so. Yeah. And they're not telling us that that's what they're doing with their tax dollars. Yeah. Or they're doing black ops, drug running, and sex it that way. Sex trafficking that, that way. Yeah. yeah. And, and, that's what January 6th was to keep people from doing, from rising up and trying yeah. to change things. And Courtney, I, I, you're 100% right. You know, we can opt out of some form of accountability because none of us in this room have any power in making any decisions. But, you know, I'm also saying it in correlation to the fact that we keep on pointing the other finger at other countries and justifying our actions and manufacturing consent for going on because of that country's isms or that country's actions. And it's different reasons from different sides of the aisle, but it is a lot of Americans that do justify and manufacture consent for these wars. Just to clarify, oh, though, just to clarify, we're all saying the same thing. I think yeah. the differentiate different point is that we're not saying we're saying they it should be that it's the government. Yeah. It needs to be held accountable, not the American people. We need to have accountability for allowing it to happen for sure. Yeah. But I mean, like the government is the entity carrying this out. And so I, I agree with you. I think the point is that there's no way to look at this conflict and not take a stance that at the very least, whether or not you agree with what's happening, that just a, just a, Russia was justified in the action okay. that was taken because very obviously they were poked and poked and pressured and over and over and over. Now you could argue there was other steps that could have been taken. Like that's where we could have a debate. But there's no question that the U.S. government and the military apparatus and the CIA, all these entities growing this, wanted this to happen. So mm -hmm. I agree with you. But I would say that the U.S. government is – the accountable part and that i would argue at this point even if every american was saying we don't want that they'd still do it right yeah. so there's well, a different dynamic know, happening today i mean we have to also realize that I, I understand that but pasta i agree with you in so many ways on so many things having to do with this but we the people have to really look at the last 20 years of what's been done in our name and understand that the rest of the world has had it with america and you might mm -hmm. say well it's this government i don't believe we have a government i think we have a uniparty that's fully been usurped by an oligarchy of billionaires and trillionaires we know who they are there's about 10 of them they're running this country and we they can get people in the streets for some kind of women's march i don't even know what it was about or for black lives matter or for this but we the people of the united states can't unite against this this vassal state of of criminals that that's is, the is yeah that's the government but i understand what you're saying you're you're really talking about like what they allude to is the the deep state which is it is a globally coordinated cabal and it is an oligarchy and they are wielding their power over the american people the problem is that they've they've used so many narrative attacks that a lot of Americans have bought into. And that's why mm -hmm. they're not rising up. That's why they're they're complicit and they're not holding them accountable. Yeah. yeah and the rest of the world is saying it. This is the hard part. If you I know a lot of you what look at other news outside of America, reputable sources when you can find them. India has some real good ones, some other countries. I have mm -hmm. to tell you, we might be saying it's not us, it's our government. The rest of the world right now is saying what's wrong with the American people. They have yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, I don't know if I agree. They are blaming us. I, I know what I know what you're saying and I, and I and I understand why they say that because they don't they they're not as privy or as aware of the oligarchy that is running that is trying that is pushing towards the new world order which uh, you know quite honestly in many ways already has a new world order and so a lot of them are not aware of that so they blame america and understandably so i mean our cia is running around doing proxy wars like with russia so it's understandable that we look like the enemies but they're they i don't think that they necessarily differentiate between the government that is in uh that is colluding with the cabal and the American people, but right. we know enough to know to make that distinction. And I, yeah. I think there, if the more people in this country who are aware can 
you know, at least start to, but I agree with Ryan on this, that even if we were to all rise up, I don't know that they're going to listen to us or do anything. If you just well, ask we don't Ryan. know that they won't. And and that's one thing, because we haven't tried it yet. Uh, mm-hmm. And United, without without left or right, Republican, Democrat, all the BS that's that's dividing us. Well, we all I stood think up that- and said enough. And one other thing I just want to mm-hmm. say real quick also about this is these lunatics announced that they are training so- Ukrainian soldiers in Oklahoma. And that's mm-hmm. when I thought, oh, my God, they are opening it up to if they have the propaganda yeah. machine in the rest of the world blaming America and they're riling them up like they have for us in Iraq and Libya and everywhere else, convincing us it's OK to go into a sovereign nation that we don't belong in to, to right or wrong or whatever. I th- When I saw that they were announcing that they were training Ukrainian soldiers in Oklahoma in the middle of America, I thought, oh, my God, they're opening up America to be yep. attacked and have the rest of the world be okay with it. That's what scares yes. me. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. And the one thing I will say that I do agree is if if everybody were to rise up, the, at the very least, it would destroy the narrative. And that that would have a lot of power. So there well, is it, it really became... Oh, sorry, Charlie. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I was just uh, gonna hop in there for a second and and say that it, it kind of really like <clears throat> when when uh, when that missile that hit Poland right and it killed those couple of farmers that was I believe a really big step in like the wrong direction because of the fact that we are aligned with the United Nations and that's like a NATO controlled uh, country and another thing that I wanted to say too is that especially uh, people in like my age group like I'm 26 years old and um, a lot of people i've noticed have it's really easy to pull the wool over our eyes you know i see a lot of uh where i'm at in washington around the gas prices they're all you know you'll see the thanks joe stickers right but we also see a lot of those stickers that say i stand with ukraine and then the people that were going around posting the stuff that is like oh hey if our if our gas prices are this high but it's helping out in ukraine i i don't care i'll you know i'll pay those prices and it doesn't affect me and i'm just like for me thinking personally, I'm like, well, you know, you guys probably have a little bit more money than the rest of us. You know, if you're going to be standing there acting like, oh, this doesn't really affect me. But in reality, what is going on right now is very much so affecting the American people. And it's tearing the common man down, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to add one point really quickly about the just before we get too far away from it. I, I know you want to jump in, Charlie. I just want to say one thing is that the 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 Iranian people, the Iraqi people, the Israeli people, I mean, you, if you ask the people on the ground who are pushing back against what we're talking about in many cases, and you get this when you get the broadened media, they'll say, no, we're not talking about the American people. We're talking about the government. When they say death to America, we're talking about mm-hmm. the government. And maybe that's not everybody. Mm-hmm. And I, look, I, I'm open to the idea. Trust me, I agree with what you're saying. That uh, I don't know your name at the bottom left, at least to me. I agree that's with your point. Mel K, though. I'm that's sorry, I don't know. I, I'm just saying I agree with your point. Shouts to Mel. But, but the, no K, dog, get it right. <laughs> I think I think it's important that we realize that there's a lot of propaganda, even in our own perception from what we can see. Like, there's no, I will often point this out. There's nowhere to get a perception of the majority other than corporate media, right? Mm-hmm. And so we often get swayed by the what they tell us is what other people think. And I just argue that right now we have such a momentum like I point out the vaccine, where a lot of people are who moments ago were on their side, even though they were coerced in their own right, are what, 14, 15% taken the bivalent? That's a lot of people that are on the same page. And I just think we need to realize that they want us to think that, that they want us to think the world's against us, when in reality, there's a lot more support than we realize because they now see that we see the same thing, right? So yeah. if we stand up and go, look, we see the government is doing this, we don't support this government, then we, they go, they're in the same boat we are. because we I agree. Support. Ryan, I totally agree with you. I think I think the international community looks at America and they have two complaints. The first is at our government for what they're doing. The right. second is at the people 
for not standing up and doing something yeah. about mm-hmm. it, like the French and the British, and you see the yep. protests and the Dutch farmers and all these things. So I think they fully recognize we, the people, don't run our government the way they don't run their government. They understand right. that. And they've right. got a big problem with our government. But they're also a little bit pissed at us. And I think with good reason, because right I me. don't yeah. think we do the things that the other countries do. The other countries, some, depending on the country, depending on the situation, you get them really riled up and they just don't ever calm down. In Sri Lanka, they took over the, yeah. the prime minister's mansion. They're doing backflips off of his uh, railing into the pool. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you need to be, I think the rest of the world would like to see a little bit more fire underneath us. Frankly, well, they're I pissed think, off and they can't understand why we aren't more pissed off. I agree I get, yeah. I and that. I think they're, they actually count on us to do that. You know, I, I have a quote where I use, yeah, a, I use the beekeeper analogy and I would say how, you know, they say when the bees die, that the, the world will cease to be. And I think that America is perceived that way. They see the American people as being the preservers of the free will of humanity. And I think they're really looking to us and they're really disappointed that the people of America aren't doing more to fight. And I think part of the reason that that's happening is because Americans for so long have been fed this illusion of freedom. And I'm not saying that we don't have more freedom than possibly other parts of the world. Certainly we do, but you're like, well, ah, we don't no. really, there's but, plenty of the country. Good. It's different. But yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. But I, I will just say, you know, in some ways go. we okay. have, you know, we do have some freedoms and we do have some, you know, great things going here, but we we've been fed an illusion that we have a lot more than we actually do. And that has pacified people. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I, I always wonder, and I think it was a really good example of this. It's like, how bad does it have to get for you just to say no, to stop complying and be like, it's not a big deal. You know, just wear a mask. It's not a big deal. Just take a shot. It, you know, I can go on and on and on, but it's yeah. like, no, it is a big deal. And our founding fathers fought, and I, we can go down that rabbit hole too. But just for the sake of this at this point, you know, they fought over two percent tax. What are we up to? Like forty percent, and they're using yeah. that money to weaponize against us. Mm-hmm. And people just sit down and take it and say, "Oh, well, I'm a good person. I do my, you know, my duty. What your duty? What to create bioweapons and to send money to proxy wars that are going <laughs> to possibly put us into a kinetic third world war." I'll, I think I the say- criticism is warranted at, mm-hmm. towards the American people, frankly. I'm, it, I'm an yeah. American. I take no pleasure in saying that. I think it's been embarrassing. We used to stand up for much less than this, and now we're just we're just lulled to sleep. We're just in some fucking stupor. Everyone's just kind of like though. on their phones, we, and they we forget have even a, We have a gold medal, 100% USDA prime propaganda machine that has drilled into the skulls from everyone, not just in this country, but in all the countries that are going, why aren't the American people doing anything? They're the beacon of free will and individualism in the world. That they're subject, you know, subject to all of that same propaganda, all of that same marketing. The entire film industry has been based on pushing this image that we are, in fact, light years more free than we really are. And and so it's, you know, there's enough of us now, I think, that uh, have come together to discuss this and point it out and talk about it. That uh, the like Ricky's show, the ripple effect has been, you know, pushed out enough to where mainstream media and the mainstream media on the internet is now having to like 
react to what we're doing too it's not just us reacting to what they're doing they're having to react to what we're doing and that is a significant point that i don't think we've had really up until about the lockdown part there were isn't there that were what davos issues. said that one of the biggest uh initiatives they have to deal with is uh the alternative media is creating a uh, dissident uh, mistrust of the ngos it's not because they lie to us and they poison people it's because the alternative media is creating mistrust but, well yeah. i think steve's point's really important here though and this yeah. is kind of like so i am 100 in agreement with all of you i mean look i i'm i'm embarrassed and disappointed by a lot of the stuff that hasn't happened here but we have to think about like what steve said is like i just really just pose the thought you know if that's the case which i think we all agree that it is we were I mean, one of the, if not the one of the most propagandized countries on the planet, what does that do? Has that affected how we view ourselves, how they view us and how we think they view us? Like these things matter, you know, and I just I just wonder, like, here's the thing to think about is I guess what we're kind of saying without saying it is maybe not violence necessarily, but some kind of action back. Right. The question is. And I'm not saying I think that's not the right thing. Is that the right thing in every context here? Because I think right now, in my opinion, they are desperate for us to do something like, for instance, had January 6th gone violent and had they brought guns, do you think we'd still be? I mean, think about how different this would be right now. They're still calling it an armed insurrection. They we wanted that clearly. Cell phones, by the way. Okay, so I'm just, I guess I'm just asking. It's like I think they wanted more deaths during January 6th and they didn't get it. Exactly yeah. my point, right? So then what exact action are we kind of talking about? And, you know, I think we just feel like, I almost feel like we're getting goaded into doing something when I almost would say we're justified in doing. You know, mm -hmm. but we is that still the right move? That's all. I just think that's important. Hey, Tease, what's the um, what from your perspective in Canada? What, what and I and I don't expect you to be the spokesperson for the Canadian people entirely, but I I do know that you you have a, a good idea of what the sort of uh, prevailing thoughts are. But like, how is America viewed right now from Canada's perspective? Are we sort of are we sort of getting laughed at behind our backs? And if we are, I think it's, we probably deserve it. But like, w how are you guys perceive us? The conversation hasn't really even come up anymore, frankly. It's okay. like, uh, and it's this just is American my, arrogance assuming everybody's yeah, no, thinking of us. Right? I guess what, my perspective on the entire thing is, is that the invisible and silent war of traumatizing people and their lives and livelihoods has been spearheaded uh, to such a high degree in Western cultures that that's the prominent way in which these things are coming to unfold, like homelessness, fentanyl, all of these different things that's coming in from China. It's allowed to come through. And then that creates this cultural vortex that we're so wrapped up in, in an individual basis that we don't necessarily garner the courage to go out there and create together or for that matter to create the foundation of community which is the basis upon which the american dream before it became that illusion and it was actually founded in principles was all about and canada never really subscribed to that because we're pussies and that hasn't really changed very much uh, throughout history and we're very polite about refusing to admit that so it's one of those things where we just don't talk about it that's the tragedy that's the nightmare because people have been habitually conditioned over time to think that their grief their trauma is not something to be spoken about openly because it will bother someone else but if everyone's uh, this fucking bothered isn't silence worse and that's where we're at yeah Damn. well said god you're the best tease
You know, I'm, I've been traveling around the country for the last 18 months. I've on three different group tours that I speak on. Some are 10,000 people, 500 people, 40 people, whatever it is. There are a lot more people. We really are. I believe the media has created the idea that there's a majority out there that doesn't exist Holy. and that we really are the majority. And what I, what I really hope going forward, I know... Uh, Burmis was there. Uh, the last thing I did in Nashville was a huge event and uh, Dyer was there. There was just a lot of people from different worlds. And it was the first time. And I just I said to somebody there, uh, a big lawyer, Tom Renz, who's doing a lot. I said, God, it would be great if we could get people like Pasta tried to do on his show. If the tent was open to everyone and we stopped identifying as whatever our our chosen uh, identification thing is and we started getting together under one tent all together because when i when pasta did a show where he was trying to find common ground by the end of the show it was a libertarian a marxist a liberal and me and i'm not even sure where i fit anymore i just think that they're all full of shit. but i have to say <laughs> that i really uh we ended that show where everyone just felt like we want the government to do their job stay out of our lives we want our individual liberty we want the end of these endless wars and we'd like to figure out peace on this planet because it can't be as hard as it seems if we just did things differently and uh you know, I just really hope going forward, there are ways to do this that are peaceful, that would be intimidating to the vassal state that is 10 by 10 miles uh, uh, in D.C. that I don't believe is running by the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. I don't believe that the, the crown ever gave up on America. They just pretended to accept it. I was on the phone today with Jake right. Lang, who's in the Gulag. And, and these people are not being treated as humans. They are being treated yep. as concentration camp victims. Yes. And, uh, you know, we are allowing all of this. And I think that everyone, I think there's a lot more good than bad humans, on, especially on this planet, but in America, that if they just dropped all the all the identification and just went with humanity, we could all yes. be in the middle and have giant events like Live Aid. <laughs> like the whole everyone would show up if we could just yeah. restructure it to be not about about whatever you identify with and more about freedom right mm -hmm. i just want to jump in real quick we're gonna have to jump jump we just want to jump in for 20 30 minutes and say hi guys but uh just on that note i just think 100 percent like yeah. that's exactly like that we are the majority i mean even if that's not true why not lean into that like i think that's what we're all striving for anyway right yeah the connect outside of it. And I've been thinking for a long time that that's already been the case and that all of this is about driving us into division, especially right now, even, you know, like there's yeah. all this connection, COVID or anything else. And they're just trying to find ways to make us hate each other even more right now. You know, that's why I really do like this show so much and what this mm -hmm. is and just the more coming together in general. It's just, it's well, valuable. We're, we're so glad to have you guys from the last American Vagabond, the whole group and the Tennessee crew. We're, we're grateful to have you for 30 minutes if we can get you. So thanks guys for coming out and thanks for having us. And, and jumping yeah. on I didn't and, know that's who you were and I love you guys. Yeah. I, I think yeah. you yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. a different background, kind of hard, you know, <laughs> I didn't know that either. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, well, yeah. it's well. I'm we'll, we'll plan on doing more in general too. And anybody yeah. in here, reach out to me. You know, we got to overlap. I think I'm oh. on a Ricky show again soon. So yeah, let everybody let everybody know where they can plug away. Let everybody know where they can find your stuff before you drop off. Yeah. Uh, well, go on, go first, Courtney. Okay, uh, I'm Courtney Turner. You can reach me at courtneyturner.com, and I'm pretty much everywhere except for YouTube. I just started up again. It's under the. Uh, the Courtney Turner podcast initials and true sleuths, but everything else is the Courtney Turner podcast. And then 
and, yeah. oh, and, and we are collectively the three of us starting Pirate Stream Media. It's still, it's still kind of getting off the ground. We haven't yeah. like officially launched it yet, but we have the Twitter account just started and so on. Yeah. All of you will be welcome eventually. It's you know once we get the thing moving, um, and then LastAmericanVagabond.com is always the place yeah. to go. But that's uh, yeah, reach out to Ryan at LastAmericanVagabond.com. Love to connect with you guys. Yeah, and I also want to mention that uh, March 11th, we're doing a big That's event. Right. It's like an artist for liberty. We're calling it Cause, Rebels with a Cause. So it's creative artists uniting for the sovereignty of everyone. And uh, Ryan's going to perform there. Uh, we're going to do a panel for Pirate Stream. Mm -hmm. We're going to have several artists and uh, musicians. I'm going to perform aerial acrobatics and do a speech. And... Uh, yeah, so it's really it's in the name of liberty, and we want to the the mission to kind of inject the culture because they're so good at usurping it and uh -huh. socially engineering through it. So I think that we should have a little fun in the name of freedom. So yeah, and uh, her uh, air, uh, air, uh, aerial aerial or uh, <laughs> acrobatics, acrobatics yeah. are wildly entertaining and very cool. You check it out. I'm serious. It's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> right on. And Scott well, Armstrong rebunked and yes, the yes, yes, the unjected, un unjected uh, podcast, unjected.com as well. So thanks, yeah. everybody. We're yeah. glad you guys came out. Well, thanks, Appreciate guys. You. Thank See you. you tomorrow. Take care. Yeah, yeah. See you then. <laughs> yeah. Bye, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. All right, Steve. What do you got? What do you got for us? What? Okay. So look. <laughs> um, can we talk about the Damar Hamlin thing for a minute, you guys? Sure, can absolutely. we talk about that? Can absolutely we talk about how just free? Don't want to talk I'm about not, Tyree Nichols. I mean, I'm not, I don't think they're going to get their color revolution out of Tyree Nichols. I don't. I they won't report that four out of the five cops were black. They won't. The everybody, the the everybody that I I have talked to that is black is like I'm not watching any of that tragedy porn. I'm not going anywhere near that. You know, and it's not because there's no outpouring of empathy for the family because there is it's not because there's no recognition of police brutality because there is it's because like there's just such a a foreknowledge of this is what the state does this is what cops do krs1 wrote black cop 30 something years ago you know, I mean, it's it's been prevalent in the community, which is what made the the George Floyd protest unique in and of themselves. And then it checked off just about every box inside that you would want for a color revolution. And we just had Miriam on last week to talk about her documentary, so fresh in the the head. Um, but I mean, I don't know. We can we we can get we could get into some of that. We could. It that. feels like the, this this uh, police beating is, didn't test well with the audience. You know, Dude, all Not the, like the the screenings were like eh, Rotten Tomatoes score, eh, mildly interested, and people are moving on. Right, like you said, not enough for a col the color revolution that they want. I got a few people out in the streets. No, a little rumblings over there. A little, a little bit, not a, yeah, a little bit. But the many Hassans, they threw the best shot at it, trying to get a little people amped up. At the you know, like at the stadium pasta where someone tries to get the wave going, but it kind of fizzles out in left field. Hey. What it feels like when they when yeah. they try to attach white supremacy to it. I think that's when they that was the dividing <laughs> line with a lot of people. Yeah. 
when when honestly like supporting big pharma is more supporting white supremacy than what's going on with this most recent event and uh i think that's where they they probably lost the narrative they were pushing too hard and like oh shit we we pushed too hard here it feels like they spun the wheel and like it like white supremacy and they're like Okay. Really? I have to put white supremacy on? Do you see the clip of black of how cops Vice, beating up a black guy? You see the clip of how Vice selects a, a yeah, yeah, topic with the purple dildo and the dude just flings <laughs> the dildo? Yeah, I mean, the kind of like... <laughs> That's what it felt like. It was like five black <laughs> cops beat a motorist to death, flames on white supremacy. They're like, because of white supremacy. <laughs> what? Yeah, I thought all five were black. They are. But I thought it was. I, I, right. I thought there was one a, white guy there that maced them. There's yeah, one white guy that was like. It could have been five black cops or, or something. Or, yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. Wait, is this the? Is this Memphis police killing? Yeah. Is this yeah. Memphis police okay. Killing? Yeah. 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 I seen a little bit about this too. I seen a little bit about this too, but it's not. It's not going to sell if it doesn't support whatever narrative that they're that they're going for. You yeah, know, it just it just line it said black man gets beat up by like it didn't say black man gets beat up by five black cops. I like that that would be you know they're like oh okay well I guess you well, know don't they have like a dirty as hell black police chief lady too? Well, that's yes. the thing that drives me nuts. Like it really should be. A, I, I'd be open to the discussion about like okay, should we do more psychological? Uh, examining of people who want to be police officers and stuff like that and just keep the race thing out of it. Like, I, I think more people would be open to that because obviously it is like a impossible job. You get uh, tons of stress. I mean, Mel and I were talking about this earlier today. I mean, just the amount of stress they deal with. I have a lot of police officer friends. I mean, the divorce rate is high for a reason. It's like they're all divorced and it's because you, you're always at work. You're constantly stressed. You're only in your worldview is constantly changing. I mean, I know people we have uh, in the town I live, there's a jail that a lot of people work at because, you know, anytime you have a jail in town, like, it, you know, people work there, you know, people who retired from there. When you're a cop or you work at a jail and you're constantly dealing with most of the time you're dealing with the, the shitheads of the world. It changes your worldview where you almost assume the world is just all shitheads. You, you don't spend any time. It's almost like, you know, I think when I was talking to uh, memory hold about this and, and, uh, Nick Bryan, who, who, who did the Franklin scandal, anytime somebody, uh, is diving deep into like really dark topics and subjects, you can only be there temporarily because if you spend too much time there, it changes just the way you, you, just perceive things and uh i think with cops that's kind of an issue also i mean you you spend so much time dealing with shitheads that you just assume every person you're pulling over every person who's giving you a little bit of a hard time i guess is just another one of these many shitheads and uh and you know it is a a very tough job the thing too about cops is that one thing that also changes your worldview, and like I said, what, what, um, I know a lot of cops. One of my best friends has been a cop for I can't even. Uh, he's badge one in, in town and in the town that he works at. And the the thing is, like, I know that when we're at parties, we're at dinners, we're at, like people are always like, "Oh, he's a cop." Everybody's extra friendly to him. Everybody's a little nicer. Everybody's, you know, it, it's it, it, that it puts you on a pedestal if you're not 
psychologically prepared or you're not comfortable enough in your own skin where you can handle that because what ends up happening is you think you actually start assuming and thinking you're better than everybody else and you start thinking that you know you have this power over everybody and it just it's it's very unnatural too you know it's like this idea that you can just get away with these type of things i mean police beatings do happen often i know cops that they they pull somebody over maybe they know that like hey you know he he's a shithead we're sick of you know arresting this guy and him getting out so then they take they feel like oh let me take justice in my own hands you know and that happens too because of a lack of you know just the court systems working um and so yeah i mean there's just a lot of intricate issues that it'd be much better if they took an incident like this to spark those type of conversations yeah i think that's happening i really do ricky that's something really important to point out you know what i'm saying because they didn't get the to take this narrative and run with it and get what they wanted out of it that is you know the the politicians the government the mainstream media uh, you know some of them tried uh but jason whitlock was on tucker talking about this and he pointed at some very interesting things and he said that you know everybody that was there in that the, that crime scene that took place was from the ages of 24 to 32 years old. It's all young. And he was pointing out that goes, we have a problem in America the way, you know, black men treat each other. You know what I'm saying? And, but it, for me, it was like, well, shit, I see so many videos, you know, white men treat each other the same way. And, you know, Latin men treat each other the same way here in the States. I mean, we're talking about all these problems from the state overreaching. We got an internal problem ourselves over here, right? You know, we're at each other's throats. And, and, and that's something that needs to be looked at, analyzed, because I know I get frustrated as hell when I see citizens, you know, neighbors just going at each other for whatever it may be. You know, if it's some Karen getting beating up in the store or some guys having a fight and just glorifying it. But I really do think that this sparks something else out there other than the fact that they were trying to make it a white supremacy issue, which once again, they swung and in, in no connection, you know, and somebody made some people made some valid points. But. Uh, I do think, Ricky, that these conversations, aside from what they wanted, are coming out of this whole situation. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, do you think, that, do you think to... it would stop the, mur the murder part of it would stop if they actually took the immunity away from the cops and dipped into the pension fund? Do you think they would think twice about, uh, you know. But it's not so... just the cops. I mean, no, the I know. immunity I know. thing is very, very scary because then cops yes. don't do their job. We have a real problem in New York because of that. And uh, but the one thing that, that, you know, maybe that's the thing to do. But what's I, that again, say about their job if they won't do it without qualified immunity? Yeah. What's that say about the arbiters of, you know, state enforcement? If, yeah. you know, if like conditional to their employment is a license to kill a like, you know, a car launch to do what a tee off on whoever they want, whenever they want. That's I mean. But that, what about but where, every situation's different too, and, and it's hard to really judge. But the one thing that I say about this, as I say about everything else, is I don't believe it's coming from the cops. I, I look back into the Weatherman Underground and the we're gonna we're gonna have a civilian police force and all of this talk, and I can only speak from my friends that are in the NYPD that had to leave and had to quit or were fired for going to January six or were fired because of something on their on their social media in the last three years. So there has been a purging of good cops uh, all over the country, and there has been uh, those cops in that just in in Memphis. A lot of them were hired after the defund the police after you know when they when they dropped a lot of the recommendations and now like ricky and i talked about today what they are doing is they are giving out diversity equity inclusion and crt type 
surveys before they hire and where you and I would think like, well, that person's is disqualified. It does appear, and this is with teachers too, that it's kind of the opposite. So, I mean, I think that it's, again, I look at academia, the technocrats, the people that are manipulating social policy from the very top that are making these recommendations to undermine our nation. A lot of them are, have grants and funds and are funded by, you know, Open Society or Arabella or even on both sides. It's not left or right. But what we are talking about is people that are not in the streets, that are not cops, that are not criminals, that are not involved, are making decisions from a high level for, I believe, the, as Charlie would call it, the controlled demolition of America. And, and I think we, we, like, we keep talking about they, they, and I keep saying, we have to define who they are and unite against they. And I, I just think it's bigger than the cop or the criminal. I think it's well, above them. Well, I think, well, the thing is all those black cops identify as white cops. So that's why it's a racist issue. Just, yeah, and I wasn't yeah. suggesting that this was a bubble thing inside the United States Police Department. I mean, there's, you know, for the last 20 years, they've had a partnership program with the IDF. A lot of the tactics that you see U.S. police officers using, um, at least from like Occupy forward, if not the early, uh, uh, well, I guess the 2005-2006 anti-war demonstrations forward, really, um, are the evolution of that partnership with with the idea. And so there's, you know, that uh, that globalist relationship that exists in every aspect of American life down to your local police department. And in, you know, some cases, it's a relationship with uh, who's going to operate your money laundry. In this case, it's what country is going to best teach the enforcement arm of the state how to break fucking skulls because that's what they know how to do. And so, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're consistent about being anti-globalist, this is certainly something that needs to be addressed. And whenever we talk about the police and we can't talk about the police and the IDF training without talking about the 1033 program, which is recycled mm -hmm. in $10 billion worth of military grade weaponry just for the for free just for the cost of shipping and handling things that include helicopters machine guns grenade launchers armored personnel vehicles things like that so i asked the question if you're if you're dressed like you're in in a war you've got the tools and weapons of a war and the homeland is a battlefield who are you fighting against Exactly. And it feels because it feels like it's the American people sometime. And that's a real problem. You know, yeah, well, look at, look at we're the supposed Boston, to be on the same team here. Look at the Boston bombing. Oh, you know, I live in Massachusetts, too. And uh, everyone was coming out of their houses. That was like uh, the beta test for the, the, the 2020 lockdown, I feel like. And they had tanks in the street. And people were coming out and applauding. Yeah, so they were yeah that's a that's a real that's a mind fuck right there, man. Yeah. To, to applaud your own. Your own enslavement by, you know, it's just, it sets a bad precedent and optically, it's just horrible. Yeah, it, I was To normalize that, that image of the tanks rolling down your streets and go, oh, that, this is fine. I was on the Everything. phone with Jake Lang today from the, from the Gulag. He hasn't been let out since he was arrested for January 6th. They still haven't charged him. Uh, he he witnessed multiple murders, honestly, by the cops, and they're not being talked about. 
Uh, Roseanne Boylan is one, but there were two other people that were beaten and had projectiles thrown at them. He said that they came at them, especially in this tunnel that nobody is nobody has. My my friend about. Gary McBride, uh, uh, he's an expert on the video analysis, and he actually uh, was able to find the footage of uh, Roseanne's murder, and it was a murder. She died in this guy's arms, and and let me yeah. tell you something. He said it was terrifying that these cops were coming at them. That this was not that they were that they were aggressive. That they wouldn't let them get out of that tunnel. That people were and they were beating them while they were on the ground. These are things that we never heard. And there's a handful of people in the gulag that have had no no charges. They had they are in solitary confinement. There's a couple dozen. They haven't been charged, and every single one of them apparently witnessed a police murder and, or something having to do with the police being involved in something that the, the people that orchestrated this from a bigger picture don't want out. And when he tells the story, it's very compelling uh, how they were. He, Roseanne Boylan, he dragged her out. She died in his arms. I mean, it, it's on the footage. And uh, they're not they're not they, they're not they don't access to lawyers. They don't know what their charges are. And this is over two years, and and this, this is an example. And a lot this of people, is, a lot of people that got arrested were actually uh, a lot of guys actually were getting sick of uh, seeing the cops beating up on right. the women there too. Yeah, and and old people, he said, old people and women. It was like they were going after the weakest links in front of them, and and they kept begging the cops to stop. Now this is something that we've seen, like your friend saw footage, and I've seen a little because he sent it to me. But they've hit all that footage, so it would be a very different picture if we see it from these guys' point of view. And and just remember, there are people in there that are literally in solitary that have had zero uh, constitutional rights respected at all. And thousands, this is, thousands of hours due to national security, they're telling us. Thousands yeah. of hours. The yeah. crimes this, are always national security. <laughs> this is not a new feature of our government. Uh, I think what most people probably forget is that this is a result of the Patriot Act that makes this a, a possibility. That turned the homeland into a battlefield. And when the homeland is a battlefield and you are labeled a domestic terrorist, a legal designation, you no longer have constitutional rights and, and the laws don't apply. You can be taken away by rendition and put somewhere else and kept legally you can do that so this is a huge problem it's happening obviously and torture charlie and, and torture. Tor you, you're you don't exist anymore legally and it's a big big problem and that's part of this you know the patriot act and people say well they wouldn't ever use that and you know who wrote it joe Biden, and he likes to brag about it and Chertoff, yeah. even scarier. Yes. And then he, yeah, and then he owned all the machines. No <laughs> oh worst God, God, in the world. Right? Wait a second, wait. Sponsored by Jerry Nadler. Come on now. Let's give credit. Chertoff? Credit What's his name, Mel? Chertoff? Oh, Chertoff. Michael Chertoff. Michael Chertoff. Michael Chernoff. We were trying to talk about that today. I couldn't remember his name. But if you watch the doc about the mob on, on Netflix, they make Rudy Giuliani seem like a saint. And they talk about Chiroff and like all the how like they were battling these shady mobsters. And I'm like, this fucking piece of shit is 100% organized crime. He owned part of the company that made them buy not one, not two, but three of those machines in each one of the, in each airport. Right. He's oh, a yeah. 
scumbag. You can say whatever you want about the mob, and that's fine. Murder, all that stuff, wrong, not for it. But at least there's some order to the chaos. If you play by the rules, they leave you alone, right? And that's my own. But I'm not pro-cartel. I'm not pro-mob. But when I look at what corporations do, those are legal yeah. Else. And what they're doing to Americans and to the world, and what we're seeing now, and you could we could have a giant debate about Project Veritas, and maybe you guys already talked about that. No, no, we didn't. I wanted to ask Chris about that. I, I personally, uh, I, I, anybody uh, that has that kind of platform, you know, I mean, like he just, I just think, okay, why isn't, why isn't something more happening? But maybe he's being us because I was skeptical. When I was a lot more on the left side of everything before my journey, right? But man, he nailed these motherfuckers. Uh, he got them, and they had to make a comment about how the U.S. government is is forcing them to mutate these viruses. That that that's the game. Now they're presenting it like they're a victim of the U.S. government. I think they're it's a circle jerk, and they both make each other do all that stuff. That's just me personally. Um, but man, they nailed him. Now Pfizer's trying to say that guy never worked there, which is another thing that this whole thing that, that they're doing, which is they don't want you to believe your eyes, your ears, or what you've learned. We're living in crazy times. I like to think we're waking up. I could be wrong, and I believe in the light, and I think the light wins over the darkness, but I could be wrong. Well, now I they're kinda, saying it's basically I like kinda. it's debunked almost when it's not debunked. That's right. kind of like not debunked. I know. I kind of think that dude was a Moderna plant. <laughs> Get to that. Astrovenica. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even kidding. I mean, for and, and not not even that. Like it could be that he got himself kind of caught up in the Project Veritas thing. That's one way to look at it. It could be the Project Veritas was in on it. That's another way to look at it. It could be that the whole thing in and of itself is an operation to keep all of the conversation back in 2020 when we all started having it and to keep the conversation in the realm specifically of Rockefeller virology. That could be another way to look at it. The one thing that you can guarantee goddamn is that Homeboy is a really bad actor who, according to everything that was on the Internet, and this could just be to get us to think this, but worked for Boston Consulting, which is right down the street from Moderna's headquarters, right before he went to Pfizer, which they now disavow his employment altogether. Corporate espionage. I don't know. There's a lot of questions. Yeah. Huh? It seems uh, it seemed it, uh, a little uh, fugazi to me. To it's be weird, honest. just yeah, didn't pass the smell test for me. I'm sorry, and I'm I'm just curious to whether they're trying to, to to turn this bus and where they're trying to move people to. Uh, there there are some theories out there, but uh, once again, I didn't I didn't buy it. But that's just me. What what were you going to say, Chris, about that at the beginning of the show? You're going to mention there's some questions over that video. Well, no, I was going to say that. Uh, I like what Sam was saying. I'm wondering why there's not more of an uproar. And it seems like that's the tactic now. Like now it's kind of like how people like myself question, you know, certain events and like footage and things like that. But it's kind of turned around the other way where now they're labeling it. Oh, the guy was, you know, it was all fake and all this stuff. And now it seems like the attention span, the whole thing is working. And now people are starting to go on the other side and say, oh, this guy was just a fucking actor. And he was. You know, uh, now, like, 
like it was just brought up. Now they're saying he wasn't an employee, things like that. Now people are going, oh, okay. So it's like our attention span is getting even shorter and shorter, shorter. And that's what I was going to bring up earlier. Just, well, it also came out the same day as the Pelosi yes. body cam footage. And that was in between, you know, possible Damar Hamlin appearances, oh, yeah. the announcement oh, yes, of that World too. War Three, uh, right. and a couple of other things. It's been a busy week, man. Yeah, yeah. Busy yeah. Week. Screens for each other. There's smoke screens for for each other because I thought that the uh, Pfizer thing was a smoke screen for Pelosi, uh, Pelosi's beard there, uh, whatever his name is, Paul. And then, yeah, the Pape. Yeah, and Ooh, then on top cool. of that, we had the classified the documents. Like that, that now we know because more things are coming out that really they were going to Hunter Biden and that Hunter Biden was using the classified documents, which they're hiding too. And then on top of that, we have, I don't know if everyone saw it, Russia made a big, big statement about the bioweapons labs uh, that they have found all along their border that they're saying the United States funded in Ukraine. And they're saying that you know, the United that China and Russia believe that the United States created the COVID and that it was really them. I mean, we have so much going on and it's like nobody can catch their breath because no one's on the same side and nobody knows what's true, which is when totalitarians win. So the problem is all of this division and questioning and who's an inside and who's outside and who's an operative and who's this. It's they're win. These demons are winning because of this division. They're playing a game of a whatever it's called fifth generation warfare on us and we're, we're nonlinear warfare right and it's really it's working because people don't know what to believe in something i i quote a lot is a, a statement by arendt who wrote the origins of totalitarianism where she said the best time for a totalitarian regime to take over is when people believe everything and nothing at the same time yeah. and they think everything is possible and nothing is true and i feel like in a lot of ways we're there like we're there yep. folks Oh, yeah. We're there. Let's wrap this baby up. Let's start with you, Mel. Why don't you uh, plug away? Tell everybody where they can find the Mel K Show. Okay. Well, I am at themelkshow.com. Uh, my main channel is Rumble, uh, the Mel K Show on Rumble. Uh, I'm on a bunch of other platforms. I uh, just restarted my Twitter. I didn't get my account back. I was waiting, so I just jumped in anyway. So at Mel K Show. Uh, I just started Instagram, the Mel K Show, and uh, I'm on a bunch of... Uh, platforms that are kind of obscure like truth social uh getter gab Brighteon, bit so uh i'm pretty much all over the place the we gotta plant our flags everywhere don't we chris graves is the best researcher i know what are you up to chris well i gotta uh, get mad with chris graves uh with chuck ocelli over at ocelli.com i'm on the new prisoners podcast on every thursday at 10 a.m and later on i'll be on the tiger's den so that's about it. Yeah. I'm right on Twitter, C Graves Mask Guy, and uh, it's been an honor. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. T. Snyder likes to dress up like furry creatures and torment his neighbors with propaganda, but we love him. I, I do what I have to to try and get people to be in a better mood and to change the conversation from they to we, because oh, once we do that, everything changes. And so what I do is I host a show called Conspiracy Synergy, and I've been in this fight for a long time, and I'm an activist, and I've been trying to figure out what the main hurdle that we're up against is, and it's how, what people feel. If you want to boil it all down, that's what it is. So I've created a very fun and light and engaging uh, kind of like trailer almost for the entire conspiratorial realm. And to give you a sense of it, it's like I've been working on it three years already to create about seven hours of content. 
the last episode that I released today took me five months to edit, and it features a super sexy individual on the artwork. Maybe you'll recognize Mr. Uh, I don't know. He might be one of the people here with us. It could be. Well, it certainly looks like him. Anyway, uh, the point is, it's an outreach tool for your friends and family. So if you know anyone who wants to get acquainted with it really quickly, have them check out ConspiracySynergy.com. And then if you, any of you want to discover all of each other, check out the references because there are hundreds, if not thousands of different books, documentaries, content creators, all that kind of stuff. So you're getting the newbies and the pros together so that we can all save the world. That's the plan. We love it. Fantastic. In an international and very Canadian and polite way, eh? Uh, I, I don't say that, but sure. I know you don't. Steve Poikinen and Pasta are doing the best morning show ever. Definitely better than The View. Mm. It's The View if you were really, really baked. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> place to drink your coffee and smoke a blunt. Same time, come unwind. It's... That's the kind of place it is. And, you know, open door for a lot of you guys. One of you want to come in, jump in. We love it. Uh, when you just, hey, feeling, you know, froggy and you want to leap on in, you know, our door is on open for you. But thank you so much. Tomorrow, T-Lab Tuesday, opening up. Whitney Webb following that AM wake up uh, for the Convo Couch after uh, tomorrow on Wednesday. Tomorrow's, tomorrow's Tuesday, right? Yep. All right. So on Wednesday on the Convo Couch, having a cool panel. Uh, Going to talk about adverse effects. Our good friend Brooke Jackson, who I met here on this show. Uh, is going to join Jimmy Dore and uh, Dr. Pierre Corey to talk about adverse effects and the treatment from the mainstream media. Uh, so we got that going on Wednesday, uh, as well as Kurt Metzger is going to be hanging on out um, and Texas Slim uh, Wednesday morning. We got Jennifer uh, Thorne uh, from Anecdotals, the movie. Great. Check it out. And Friday, Scott Ritter is going to make his appearance on AM Wake Up, followed by Connor Freeman uh, on the Combo Couch on February 19th. Uh, if you guys are really upset and mad, uh, the Rage Against the War Machine uh, protest is taking place February 19th in D.C. Uh, I was uh, I'm very humbled and uh, it was kind enough for them for, to invite me to join to speak with a bunch of great uh, speakers there. Uh, every, Matt, uh, Jimmy Dore, Max Blumenthal, Scott Horton, uh, Eric McAdams, uh, Mr. Swanson. There's a couple other people there. Garland Nixon, just going to be a good lineup, a good fun time. Uh, but it's all about getting that message out there and rage against the war machine because all wars are bankers' wars and war is a racket. So I'll be there on February 19th if anybody's uh, in town, D.C. Please Steve, come say hi. Slow news day. Yeah, you should do that. We're, we're, we're 400 episodes into that show now, which is pretty weird. Fantastic. Um, That's a lot of work. Congratulations. And uh, pull up this Sunday for uh, for a familiar face. Lindsay Sharman will be hanging out with us on the show. Always a good time with yep. her. I also have uh, another show um, that's currently on Sunday evenings, but that's probably going to change. It's called Blunt Force Wisdom. It's me and my friend Sugar up in North Vegas. My neighbor Teal, um, occasionally and frequently, uh, our good friend Hunter, and we uh, we we get high as a Christmas moon, and we talk about all kinds of stuff, and it is fantastic. We're going to start reincorporating call-ins, um, audience drop-ins, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's a lot of fun. All of the social medias are at Slow Newsday Show. Um, and yeah, it's always a, a pleasure and an honor to be on the best ensemble podcast in the multiverse. Holla. I love you, Steve. Thank you. Uh, Greg America is... Uh, you guys, I, I just talked to Greg Carlwood today. We were talking about you. We were, we were 
talking about our mutual admiration for you guys, actually. Oh, shucks. Thanks. Hey, um, <laughs> no, we're, we got, we got Greg at an event coming up and, uh, and actually I, I might as well mention it now. There might be a spot left. It's, it's almost sold out, uh, Mount Shasta. So we're kind of doing like a, oh, nice. of a, ma- a magical thing in a big, uh, in a big property there, about 40 people. So we do events like that kind of all throughout the year. Yeah. Do you have um, spots coming up for this, this summer? Anywhere? Yeah. yeah. We got uh 420 at Bryce Canyon and, uh, and, uh, Zion, we do like myths of the stars there with David Matheson. We do some hikes and shit like that, hang out there. And then we got Randall, Randall Carlson, a couple events of his, right? Scablands and Montana mega floods. So we take people around for a week with Randall and do that shit. So fucking great. I want to do that got, so bad. Oh, yeah, that's that's a blast. And then we got a lot of audiobooks too coming out. Um, all this can be found at gramerica.ca, but we got books from H.G. Wells, Manly P. Hall. Um, we got some from Sang- Margaret Sanger coming out and George Bernard Shaw. So kind of a mix, Charles Fort, you know, Annie Besant, Blavatsky, like kind of a mix of some of this 1800s, early 1900s political stuff and, and spirituality. So kind of get that out there for the public so they, we can hear what these people were talking about back then. Because it's kind of nuanced, you know, it's not as straightforward as everybody thinks. And that's that adult adult brain. Yeah, yeah, you can find it all at grammarica.ca. And then we have our other podcast, Grammarica Outlawed. So thanks for having me on again. This is great. Awesome. Thanks for coming. Bo Lewis, what do you got cooking? Hey, guys. Uh, so I'm basically the little guppy in the fishbowl here. Um, <laughs> honestly, we're so we're glad you joined us, man. We're glad Thank you're you for here dude. tonight. Dude, oh my God, Sam! I'm like your biggest fan. You too, Charlie. Um, oh, thanks, man. You guys like are you guys are an inspiration to me. Um, oh. I've listened to you guys for a long time, so it's pretty surreal to be on here. And thank, thank you, Mike, for uh, getting me uh, back on here. You know, I appreciate you so much, brother. Uh, but basically, I um, started my own little podcast. It's called Anti Slave QE, and uh, you can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'm on Rumble. I'm on BitChute. Um, I'm not as good as uploading my stuff to Rumble or BitChute because it takes a lot for me to like, oh God, I have all this like uploaded over fucking however many sites I have to upload it over. Um, but you know, I'm 48 episodes deep now. Uh basically do monologues and stuff unless I have guests. And when I do have guests, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, it's just basically you can find me anywhere at anti-slave question everything. And my goal is to spread some truth and oral lies. And I really appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming out tonight. We appreciate you. Sammy T, where you Damn, been? We're so Damn. we're glad uh, to get you. We know I'm you had a new meeting so much for AA. I was about to do my AA intro that I always have to do. So sorry about that. <laughs> uh, I am an alcoholic and an addict, but um, yeah, me too. Sorry me that too. I, I'm late. My schedule's changed. Life has changed. Oh man! But we're, I realized we're glad we could get you. Late, so I'm gonna try to catch this as much as I can. But just go to samtribly.com. Um, I mean, I was getting love on Instagram out of nowhere, and now they've just, you could just see it. The shadow banning's coming. I love Twitter, but this Eliza Blue thing is just not good. What's going on with that? Um, samtribly.com, man. And, uh, you know, uh, Bo, you should check out Content Safe. Uh, they've come up with ways to that they could um, upload your content for a small price uh they'll upload it everywhere that you uh, give them it that they have deals with so i use them to upload and rumble is one of the places so if you oh, want cool. to check that out because i would spend my whole life 
uploading all my shows to every podcast. So yeah, I mean, every yeah, talk to Matt Raymer over at content, yeah, contentsafe.co, I think. Yeah, I'll put your link in the description. Me. Thanks, oh, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, if you can afford it, you should do it. And uh, just, yeah, man, life is good. Uh, I, I'm touring. Just go to samtour.com, all my tour dates. And, uh, you know, I play on YouTube when I can. I'm not putting a lot of conspiracy stuff. We did put Conspiracy Social Club on there. We'll see how long that lasts. But we're being Christians on a cruise ship. So we try not to talk about the crazy stuff at first. To see how long we can last, but I'm I'm sure I'm shadow banned on YouTube. I'm shadow banned everywhere. So just check out samtribute.com. And I love this show. It's one of the most important shows on the internet. And I'm always honored to be a part of it. We're always glad. To, you know, we love the show too. Midnight Mike, OBDM, funniest do? show in the world. Thanks. But you got to give it two or three. Episodes, Sometimes maybe? four, I guess. But uh, yeah, OBDM Pod, we're live Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch and some other places. And then again on Saturday at noon. So uh, check us out. All links are on the on the uh, website, obdmpod.com. Thanks. Uh, Ricky Verandas dropped off earlier, but you can find the Ripple Effect podcast. Go check that out. He's always... He's always talking to somebody important, and um, and you can catch macroaggressions wherever podcasts are served. I'll be in Acapulco next week at Anarcapulco with Ron Paul and Del Bigtree and I don't know Doctor Kerry Miday and Axe Egan and Larkin Rose and all these lunatics. So check it out. Thanks, everybody. Thanks all. Thank you. Thank you, Thanks, Sam.